Hi there, I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts with the Better Events Podcast. And in this week's episode, we're going to tackle one of the event industry challenges that we are seeing across the board, diving into staffing shortages and offering a couple of solutions from my perspective, as well as Mary's, and just things that you can do to make sure that you're not experiencing this at your business or even as a freelancer. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow, and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started, and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. This is Mary Davidson, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by Logan Clements, our other wonderful co-host of the podcast. And today we are talking about an episode 106, event industry challenges like staffing shortages and then solutions for those shortages. So let's go ahead and get into it with our conversation starter for today. So Logan, I'm going to ask you this question. What's something besides your phone that you take with you everywhere everywhere this one's a tricky one because i i don't like to carry a lot of stuff with me so i instantly go to jewelry because i'm not also i don't wear a lot of jewelry but i do have um i went to the university of virginia and i do have a class ring from uva that i got when i graduated um and it was a very in my head a very expensive piece of jewelry when i got it because i was a college student um, but it is something that I always wear and I always have with me. Um, I have had some close calls to almost losing it because uh, especially when I travel, my like hands sometimes swell a little bit and it's not fun to have a ring on. But um, it is something you will always, almost always see me wear is I'll have my, my class ring on me. Mary, how about you? What's something besides your phone that you take everywhere with you? Like literally everywhere. I mean, like every day I'm wearing my Apple Watch. And so I would probably say that, which actually I, I really love because I'll try my phone is distracting. And so I'll try to actually not take my phone around the house, but I'll wear my watch in case, you know, I do get a text. I'll still like see if it's important, but it's not, I guess, distracting to scroll through my phone. And so I'll say I'll say my Apple watch if we're talking like once in a while, like what do you use like fairly often? Then I don't know. There's like a lot of like weird things. Like I'm always carrying like socks around with me because my feet are cold when I go to other people's houses, like stuff like that. But that's not everywhere. So I mean, there you socks. Go. There you go. What something you take with you everywhere besides your phone? Socks. socks. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, a little bit more about why we chose this topic. Uh, we I think are going to potentially have a theme out of just tackling some of the challenges that come across the industry. And this episode really is diving into staffing shortages. I, I know I personally have been experiencing some of this, not some directly for me trying to find people to work for me, but also working with different vendors, hotels, agencies. Like I feel like this is something that is very relevant. And no matter if you are personally experiencing a shortage or not, we're going to share some solutions that I think are honestly just applicable for any buddy doing business, any freelancer that can just help give you that edge in terms of getting repeat work or repeat colleagues. Um, and so I just wanted to have us have an episode where we kind of talk about this and dive into, you know, things around staffing. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely a relevant episode today. So how have you been seeing or experiencing staffing shortages in your events, Logan? 
Yeah, I think for starters, I've definitely experienced it on like the hotel side, the venue side, um, whether it's a shortage in the sense of or like high turnover. I guess we probably could also say call this turnover um, because it would be somebody who helped sell the event is no longer working there anymore. So my client had one contact for who was helping them sell it. And then on the execution, it's now someone completely different. They have to reteach them about the event and things like that. Or I've had it happen with like Encore, who is usually an in-hotel AV provider. They have had a lot of turnover I've seen. So whether that's folks like leaving or whatever it is, but that's been a challenge because again, you'll work with someone, build out a show, build out pricing, and then they leave and you don't know what that handover process looks like. And you sometimes have to start over from square one. So it can be very frustrating to navigate um, it often also looks like not getting responses to emails for weeks on end. And then you just find out later, oh, yeah, that person left. And that can be just, again, a challenge you have to deal with in the lead up to the event experience. And then in the third context, I've seen it a lot. Um, just even myself, the people I'm working with are, you know, getting booked a lot, which is great. And that just makes it so some of my go-to people for events are no longer available, especially for events that come in pretty close to the event date because other folks are getting busy, which is a great problem to have. Um, but it's just one of those things that I know I'm personally, I feel like I'm constantly thinking about how to get new good staff or people on my list. Um, but it's just one, again, it's happening. So I wanted for us to talk about it. Mary, have you seen this or experienced this in the events that you're doing? Yeah, I have. I, I was just thinking, I feel like maybe it like represents like similarly, but also a little different in the sense that it just seems like anything I need, I need it yesterday. And I hate going to people and saying like, I need a response immediately. I feel like it's not fair to like have folks send a proposal that quick and turn it around and tell me if you're free and like all those crazy things. But events just feel, I don't know, last minute and crazy right now. And um, so I think like for that, I'm saying that because sometimes it makes me feel like there's a staffing shortage when really I think the reality is, is that we're just not asking soon enough. Um, but I also think that there are staff shortages for sure. So I don't know, like, it's kind of like this skewed perspective, I think in my mind, um, because like there are folks that I know I would want to refer for events or hire out for events, but it seems of, of more of an issue if they're just not available. Um, and maybe that is because there's staffing shortages. So like they are being taken into other, other jobs because, there's a lot of other jobs available. So anyway, I think it does go hand in hand. I have kind of seen it. Um, and if I've seen it, it's been more about caterers like getting booked out or not being able to accommodate more dates and, and things like that. So I mean, yes, I have maybe a little bit different, um, but I think it's a true thing. And I'm excited for us to talk about like reasons why we think that's happening because I think this is really been like a post-pandemic type of experience, but I'm also interested to hear if maybe it was like it before I started my business during COVID. And so it's like not something I realized as much, but anyway, I think a lot of it has to do with the world that we currently live in. Yeah, I think so. I think transitioning and talking about why, you know, the why behind we're see why we're seeing these staffing shortages. I think you saw it and experienced it at times pre-COVID, but I feel like there was such an influx of folks that left the industry um, yeah. during COVID because everything stopped. And then also, I, it also like, I feel like created a new branch of the event industry too, with doing so much virtual and hybrid, not saying again, these didn't exist or people didn't do them, but there were definitely a lot more people trying to get involved yeah. on the event side. And then a lot more clients who want to do that. And so then there's a mismatch of 
more clients want this service, not as many people to have do the service and or know the service, and you're going to have that gap. Um, and then the, those that have specialized or are doing good work, it's a great, great problem for them to have is they're getting more busy, which is awesome. But to your point, Mary, it makes it hard when you have a last minute client that's coming in asking for an event a month from now and you already know, you know, several of your go to people just can't do it. Or I've heard from agent, I've heard from vendors to be like, we are booked and we just like, they don't even, they just don't even have the capacity. And so it's impacting, like, how does it impact your client is like the frustrating part is that means they're either not getting the best fit people. They're just getting whoever's available. Um, or their like planning process gets derailed because, you know, you're again, like I said, the example of like someone left and didn't just, no one responded to emails for a couple of weeks. You're now behind on your timeline because now you have to play catch up with a new person. And I've seen it impact like the end result, which is just really tough. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I've thought this a lot if you're listening to this and you maybe are just getting into the industry or want to get into the industry. I do feel like now is a good time. I think that there are a lot of opportunities because of what we're talking about. There's just a need now that events have come back in such a flux. But also um, on the other side, I think that on the event tech piece, that's a great tech's a crazy world right now. Right. And so there's a lot of staffing shortages. I feel like when you're working with platforms and your contact gets changed a lot and all of that is happening. And so I don't know, it's hard to keep up with. I just think the the industry is so large. It really is. Um, I'm going to, I'll look up a stat and share it with you in a minute. Cause I remember looking up like how it compares to the auto industry and the event industry is huge. There's yeah. lots of opportunities. Um, so anyway, Lots to yeah, there's so I mean, there's so many opportunities. I mean, another and another reason why we some of this could be happening is more people are going freelance. And so you're gonna have less people who work full time for these vendors or venues or anything that you're working with. And they're now freelance. And so that's great because that usually is good for the freelancer, but can kind of be hard when you're trying to work through official channels. So um, I would say that's another reason I feel like that that's coming out. But to like Mary's point, it is you know, it's a great, there are, there's a, should be a lot of hope out of this conversation because it is a challenge, but I feel like now we can kind of shift into talking about potential solutions or at least our recommendations from our experience for how you might be able to avoid your people leaving and having that high turnover rate. You might also just be able to better protect your business from having to experience the negative effects of, you know, shortages and things like that. Um, I feel like the first one is pretty obvious. Is just like the more time, the earlier you can start planning, the better. Um, and just because that kind of frees it up. And I hear that time and time again when I talk to partners and things that are just going to tell me our, you know, our our proverbial A team is already booked, but we have like our next best team and they're great and they're experienced. But if you have a client who really wants to work with the A team, that should, client should probably be having those conversations earlier and earlier, even though we keep saying we can do things faster, but sometimes faster is not always better. So the more lead time that you can have um, will help set you up for success for some of the staffing issues. Yeah, this is interesting. This is something that I've really noticed change lately too. It's like, I don't know, when I, two years ago when I started my business, I had, you know, potential clients come and they're like, our event's next month. I'm like, great, let's do it. Now I'd be like, you're kidding me. Like, there's no way we could try to do that. Like we'd have to drop the world and then to get people would be crazy. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. I'm just calling that out to see like how, how things have changed. Um, but I completely agree with what you said um, as far as solutions go. Um, and I think 
folks are surprised, at least the clients that I work with, they're surprised to see the, the price increases that are happening, that this is the reality in which we live. And <laughs> um, I, I, I want to pay people better. And that's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. So I do think, yeah, increasing your rates is a is a good solution, doing it ahead of time so that people are available. Because the thing is, too, if they're not available and your rate is still amazing, that doesn't mean they're going to drop that other job and take yours. So it's really like what you said of, of trying to get ahead of it and getting to them first. Um, and then also, this is why I think growing your network and partners and power partners is so important because the more people we can rely on, the, the better, right? We can provide services better, I think, based on who we know and builds our credibility. And so, yeah, start start networking with people, event professionals, event planners, folks who you need to hire, caterers, like do that in your downtime so that you are locked in and ready um, when maybe your first choice says no. Yeah, it's those relationships I think are so important. And this is why even as like a freelancer, if you are a solo person on your own, like bonding and working with other people who do what you do is yeah, only yeah yeah because it's going to be referrals it's also going to be like you experience your own shortage and you need two of you because there's two concurrent things happening at once like having that person you already know is going to be helpful and then we know relationships matter so sometimes like you said mary maybe they wouldn't drop an event but if they had two leads that came into you into them within two days and that you have the relationship with them versus the other one you know that might have some sway um, with helping make sure that they want to work for your event. And I think you also touched on something really important with the rate part, because I think often money can make people feel uncomfortable. And especially as business owners, if we are setting our rates and we are setting our pricing, it can feel icky at times, it can feel weird to, and I know as I, as a business owner, like I've evolved in feeling a little more comfortable, but I still have moments where I feel uncomfortable. And something that has helped like a reframe for me has been whenever I'm involving anyone else, I've, I noticed it was easier for me to negotiate for full, you know, good full rates because in my head I go, I have to go to my, you know, my producer or my streaming engineer and tell them here's what the rate is. And I want to feel good when I tell them that so that I need to make sure I fight for that money with the end, you know, with my client. And it's just been like, if I'm going to fight for my friends, I got to also fight for myself. And so I've tried in terms of like reframing it some of like, and, if, and even if it's just me on an event, I've now think, thought about it more as like, if I'm charging more, that enables other people around me to charge more and for all of us to be making, you know, more money closer to what we need to be making the industry. Like you can increase our industry standards. Um, and so that's one that, again, client might be like annoyed that prices are going up. But I always say, I mean, it makes sense because companies need to be able to pay their people more or they're working with freelancers in positions that used to be full time before 2020 and that freelancers can charge more. And so then they're going to charge the end client more to be able to put a markup on that. So it's like a negative, but it's also a positive I see because, um, again, good people should be able to charge more. A lesson in pricing by Logan Clements. I think it's like, <laughs> honestly, it's so, it's really challenging actually, but I think that's so true. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then thinking through other potential solutions for these staffing shortages. Um, it is nice I, um, to have people have or to to have them do soft holds. And that I, that I think is a relationship thing, though, like you're saying, because it's hard to ask people to do that unless you have a relationship relationship with them, like um, like a potential vendor or whatever, like a 
an AV partner, if you have a relationship with them and you're like, I'm just like, we're trying to nail things down. If you could just pencil it in, put a soft hold on the calendar, that would be great. Um, if someone asked that to me, I wouldn't be offended at all. But I think it's like understood kind of when you're when you have that relationship that they would come to you and be like, you know, someone else is inquiring of the state. So I need you to let me know ASAP. And I think that's a fair conversation to have and a fair thing to ask. But I do. I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea of soft holds. Logan, how do you feel about them? I love them. I was trying to think back while you were talking about where I first heard of them, because it is a term I use internally with other freelancers, other event people, and I use it with the client too. Because, and listeners, if you've never heard of what a soft hold is, at least my interpretation of it is me putting, penciling it in, like Mary said, I'm I'm going to hold the dates, but you haven't signed a contract, you haven't paid a deposit, so it's not confirmed, but I'm going to put a hold in the dates. And then in my process is I will usually then go back to that by saying, I'll put a soft hold, Mary, for your event. I'll put a soft hold on my calendar, meaning I'll go back to Mary if I had another event come and inquire about that time period. And I would go back to Mary and say, hey, had another inquiry come in. Can we like nail down a proposal or pay, you know, at least put down a deposit or sign a contract? And like that would be the next steps. Or if Mary wasn't comfortable, then I would, you know, have the option to really go to the other, go with the other event. So there's no agreement or financial, like to Mary's point about trust, like there's no, there's nothing set in stone, but it's a way to help people plan out the year and just earmark like, oh yeah, I do have an event for you in October and I can't sign anything yet, but I know it's coming. And I, I love them, but also, yeah, use them sparingly. Like if someone burns you on that, that is something that I'm always cognizant of when I ask people for soft holds for my events is I know that they're saying no to other work potentially. And so if that scenario comes up where they do get asked to do something else, I'm try to be as transparent as possible of going like, hey, mine's going to happen. The client's just slow because they have X, Y, Z, but it's, I'm like 95%, 99% it's going to happen. Or I would say, I'm not sure they are flip-flopping, just take the other event and I miss out on that good person. Um, so it's a very, it'd be an interesting thing to add to your process if you don't use this already. Um, I don't know if you could do that for like hourly work with like, if you worked in catering and things like that, but um, I have seen some other production companies start doing that as well. Um, of doing somewhat soft holds. They'll use that term too uh, for reserving crew and things like that. But then it quickly, usually they ask for a deposit so they can actually book those folks. And then I think we have one more um, sh staffing shortage solution for you. But Logan, I want you to take this one because I think it might resonate with you with recent experiences that you have, but it's about how you treat your team and how that matters. Yes, 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 yes. I think this one is just... Like if you talk about staffing shortages and we said some of these examples like high turnover, people are leaving, like there's, they need to be paid more. Like it all kind of comes to one and I, just this trust that we've already talked through in this episode. I feel like it all comes down to one thing is like how you treat your team matters. And this can be as big as offering raises. It can be as small as making sure that you're paying for meals while people are working your event or making sure you're like paying for parking or their transit card or whatever, or you're sending a handwritten thank you note afterward to the event, like, or you're giving them gear. If they're going to be outside in the cold, you're making sure they have a jacket and you're providing that for the event or something like that. Like there's just, there's some, like they're tangible, but intangibles that I have found have made such a difference with my partners and the people I work with that when I notice they don't have high turnover, I can usually say, oh, it's probably all that because they're doing all these little things. It's not one big solution I could tell you of why they're having low turnover. But I often, and like some of my people might say, oh, that's like your culture. But I also think culture is kind of a cop out word, but it's just more of like making sure you do the little things 
to make sure your team knows that you, you know, you care about them as a person, you're treating them with respect. And like, I think that helps build that trust that Mary, you mentioned, and then also increases the, the like chances that they're going to want to work with you again. And that just helps then when we talk about these, like you're getting booked on another event or the soft hold scenario, any of those other solutions, like by making sure you've treated folks well in the moment, you're then setting it up that they're really going to want to work with you again. Do you have anything to add to that, Mary? No, absolutely. I agree. I think that um, you've been a really good example of this. And I and I agree. It's been nice to be able to, this is why working with other people is a great learning experience <laughs> to kind of like learn and see how you've implemented. This has made me really think about like now I do add in my contracts, like provide meals for team members and things like that. And so, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think all of these things help. I think it's a, I think it's a big problem. I think it's a problem that the industry might have for a while, but I do think that there are solutions like we've talked through. Um, and a lot of it is up to you listening to this to build those relationships so that you are prepared when you experience these shortages and hopefully you have the people and connections to, to fill them in. So I'm glad we talked about this. I think this was a, a good, timely topic. Yeah. And I think just a, my final thought on it is, um, I think for why, when we say how it treat your, treat your team matters, like sometimes you can't always put your finger on it. I will just at the end of an event, I can sometimes go like, why did I really like working with that person? And you might not be able to like point to one thing, but at the end of the day, it probably is going to be either the way they treated you, their little like things that just made sure they were on top of it and all of that, that really led to you being like, I definitely want to work with them. And that's what all of us as event vendors want to be. And I think most clients, if you don't already aspire to that event clients, you hopefully should, is you want to be the event client that everyone's excited to work with and can't wait to hear what event next you're doing and they want to be a part of it. So it's just, it's the little things. And that honestly, that's really what matters. So hopefully we provided a couple insights for you if you are experiencing these yourself or again, how you could avoid having these shortages for your own company um, or just your network. So get out there and network. But with that, that brings us to our bonus tip, Mary, which you have this week. Yes, I do. So our bonus tip this week is to let every event change you. And what I mean by that is to put into action what you've learned from an event and make positive changes. We we learn so much from events, every event. No event's the same. There's always lessons learned. But it can be really easy to just like file it away debrief and like move on, but let each event change you. Take what you've learned, the positives, the learnings and grow from it. And and eventually, if not already, you're going to create some stellar events because you've just learned so much along the way. So that is my bonus tip for today. Thank you so much, Mary. Never, you know, truer words. We always love to learn and evolve as event professionals. But listeners, that brings us to the end of our episode. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Better Events Pod. You can send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. You can connect with Mary and I individually on LinkedIn. We love to hear from you. And as always, we thank you for listening, and we'll be back in your feeds again next Wednesday. 